very simple and it's this. Are you pressing towards the mark? Are you pressing towards the mark? Now, if you'd like to turn with me, please, to uh, Philippians chapter 3, please. Paul's letter to the Philippian believers. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm covering, obviously, the, the pressing towards the mark, but to get there, I've got to get these in the context, and that's what I'm going to do first, and then we'll get straight into uh, the running the race. So that's chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, he's rounding up this subject. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. What I'm going to do for the sake of time is sort of, as I cover each verse, as I go through each verse, I'll explain it, and then I can get more into the, the, the press towards the mark. That word grievous there is just tedious. It's not tedious. Paul doesn't count it tedious to write the Philippian church because there's something wrong. There's a problem, in, and there's an error that has got into the church system and he has, to, he has to deal with it. He's dealt with it before with them, and he's going to look at it again with them. And he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. Now, uh, that word concision there means mutilation. What was happening here was there was a group called the Judaizers, and they had slipped their way into the church. Um, but basically what they were teaching was that you had to be circumcised, and they had other laws as well, added to salvation. Uh, and that was, that was basically, it was, it, was, it, was, it was wrong, it was incorrect, and Paul was addressing them about that. And here's what he says about it. Uh, he, he, first of all, he, he calls them dogs. Now, you might say dogs. Back then, they didn't have wee pet dogs like, like we have now. You know, dogs were, they were scavengers back then. They weren't much thought of. In fact, they were, they were, they were in a way, unclean uh, back then. But he calls them dogs, and then he calls them evil workers because they're slipping into the, they were slipping into the church and they were slipping into the church to destroy the church. And you know, we have to watch in the days that we're living in, because there's so much apostasy out there. There's so much misinformation, so much truth-twisting, so much nonsense, basically, that is slipping into the church. And we are seeing this. We're seeing this, well, we've seen it in the mainland. It's, it's in a bad way. And in Ulster, it's exactly the same as our dear brother Glenn pointed out last week. We are in great danger, we are in great trouble, but praise God, we have a God of miracles and a God that can step in, and I believe that with all of my heart. So they, they were slipping into the church, and you know, today, the ecumenical movement is so massive today, everybody's falling into it. And it's not that much that separate us, come together, come on, sir, come together. But Christ says, no, come out of her, my people. Folks, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of our sins, nor catchers of our plagues. And I know the dear pastor here, we'll not be going to no ecumenical movement, but that man's still breathing anyway. Um, now we'll move on to verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Basically, saved by grace of God, the grace of God and nothing else. Friends, there's nothing else can save you. If you're here tonight and you're not saved and you're trusting in religion, as you'll hear later, Paul was religious. At that time, he was called Saul. And he believed he was doing the right thing. He was religious. But he, he was a psychopath. He was a psychopath. We'll talk about him later. I'm just moving on quickly. I'm more of time just with the, the, the tank. I, wanna, I really want to spend on the race. So, uh, so let's uh, verse 4. Though I might 
Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he must trust in the flesh, I more. Basically, religiosity here. Now, listen to this here. Now, basically, these guys were boasting of what they had. These, these Judaizers were boasting about what they were doing and what they had and all the rest of it. And I think Paul maybe took a wee smirk here and said, right, I'll show these boys. Right, now, listen to this. Here's, here's Paul's CV. If Paul was, had a CV, here's what it would be, Okay. You ready for this? Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. Very special tribe, stayed with Judah. A Hebrew of Hebrews as touching the law. A Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee. Very orthodox. The Pharisees were extremely orthodox. Concerning zeal. Persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law. Blameless. This is what, this is what Saul was. If Saul was alive today, he would be in the Queen's University as a professor with a, a, a CV like that. But he was also a psychopath. He hated the church. But he thought he was doing good. He was religious. He thought he was doing good. He thought he was doing God's work. And he was heading on the Damascus Road to wipe out the church, and he had an experience like never before. And God changed him on the Damascus Road. And if you can change someone like that there, you can change anyone, folks. And uh, praise God for that. Uh, now, but he then says, right, and this is very, very important, right? But what things were gained to me, those I count loss for Christ. Brothers and sisters, those that were gained, that he counted gain, were lost to Christ. There's nothing can stand up against the Lord Jesus Christ. He has to be first and number one. And that is the bottom line here. And that's what he's saying. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for listen to this, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung or rubbish, that I may win Christ. Do you know something? A lot of people don't think this about Paul. Paul, after his conversion, lost everything. His family would have disowned him. He would have been, he lost everything, absolutely everything, because Christianity was being, I mean, persecuted, particularly by the Jews. I mean, they had to meet in secret for fear of the Jews, more so than even the Romans. They had to meet in secret for the Jews, for fear of the Jews. He lost everything. This man lost everything. But he still, he said, he knows something. He lost everything, but he had Christ, so he had everything. He had everything. Uh, and, 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 he, and he found him uh, not having mine own righteousness. Sorry, that's verse 9. I should have shouted that out. It's verse 9. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is off the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. That's what it's all about, folks. The faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Then he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Now, I'll, I'll give you another interpretation of that in a wee second, or another version of that in a wee second. I was in Guildford when I realized I forgot my James Moffat Bible, so you're not going to hear about James and it's Sorry about that. Um, right. This verse may also be paraphrased like this. Now, listen carefully. In order that I may personally know him 
that I might both experience his resurrection power and share in his sufferings, and thus I will be more and more conformed to his death. Paul, Paul, this man, look, I've said a warning before this, the thing that I have discovered when I've studied this is, Paul was sold out totally for the Lord. This man was sold out totally. He did not care what become of him. He would preach, and preach he did. And Albert Tanius later with all he went through, and I'll tell you what, he, he, he was a manic. I mean, we, we, we're, we, see the, the first verse there where it says uh, in verse 3, finally, my brethren, rejoice. This man's writing this and he's in jail. And he's telling people to rejoice. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. He's telling people to rejoice. They don't make them like that now. Uh, you know, so not as though, right, okay. Now, here we go now. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. Now, don't be scared about that word perfect. There's nobody perfect. It simply means mature. Be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even unto you. Now, I'm going to open this just to get a scripture. Right, okay, so basically he says here that he doesn't count himself uh, apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind. Friends, as children of God, we've had sin in the past, we've got to forget about that sin. If you have confessed that sin to God, that sin is gone. And if you're looking to run the race and run the race well, you see, the thing about this here says, I press towards the mark. He's running the race. He's pressing. He's not just walking like that there and on stopping. There's, he's going against the flow. And we're fighting that now, that the church is being sifted, and we are going against the flow. The normal, the so-called normal. The so-called normal. Unbelievable. I, just as the pastor said, well, I can't watch the news now. It's disgusting and it's rotten and it's, it's so false. And we're going against that. As a church that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and as believers that love the Lord Jesus Christ, we should be pressing on. We can't press on if we're looking back. We can't press on, friend. And I really feel that burden in my heart to say that to someone here tonight. If you are really worrying about a sin that you have confessed to God, I want to tell you something, right? God's Word says He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. It's finished. It's gone. It is not to be held against you anymore. The only people that can hold it against your other people are the old devil. And look, if the devil's annoying you, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen, brothers and sisters. So, uh, yes, Paul, basically Paul lost, or Saul lost everything, and he became Paul for Christ. I want, I want to write, read out what a, a fellow called Guy King says. He says, all financial gain, all material gain, all physical gain, all intellectual gain, all moral gain, all religious gain, all these are, uh, no gains are nothing to be compared with the great gain. And they're nothing to be compared with Christ, folks. Nothing to be with Christ. Listen to Paul in his letter to the church in Galatia. Galatians chapter 5, 
uh, 16 and 17, if you want to turn to it, Galatians chapter 5, 16 and 17. So we're in this race. We're not looking back. We don't want to look back. We want to press on. We're going to get mountains. We're going to get valleys. I'm saying this as you're looking that up. Okay, so it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. As you're running this race, the Holy Spirit as a child of God is in you. But listen, at conversion, the old man didn't disappear. The old man didn't disappear. The old nature's still there, and he wants to try and invade as the flesh. But the Spirit is contrary. They're contrary to each other. So they are. And that's why as we're running this race, we need to keep short accounts with God. Because when a person becomes a child of God, when the Holy Spirit convicts a man or a woman, they cry for mercy, they obtain mercy, they are justified by faith, all right? They have peace with God, but they're also sanctified. But sanctification is not a one-off thing. Sanctification is a daily thing. Folks, we have to live lives pleasing unto God. I, want, I, I love the Lord more this week than I loved him last week. I love the Lord more today than I loved him yesterday. And that's the way we have to be, friends. This hyper-grace movement that's flooding the churches too, putting off, where basically you're sanctified, so you're saved anyway, you can basically do as you like, you don't have to, have to uh, repent of your sins. Now that is absolute tripe. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit's inside you, it's going to go against the things that are against God. If the true Holy Spirit of God's there, the nightclubs don't mean anything to you anymore. The old foul talk in the office, you, you're not part of that anymore. You know, you're not, you're not into that anymore. Because you see, you have the Holy Spirit in you. I get another wee drink. Give us a break. Now, so we're running this race. Now, as I said to you, it's not just a, a walking thing. You're going against the flow. You're going to get mountaintops. And praise God for, I love the mountaintops, don't they? Everybody loves the mountaintops. But you get the valleys. You get the valleys. Now, let me tell you something. You see the God that is with you on the mountaintop is with you in the valley. You mightn't feel it, but I promise you he's there. Because the Spirit of God's in you, and he'll never leave you. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'll stick with you closer than a brother. When you're in the, in the valleys, and I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in the valleys, I learn to trust him more. And then when the mountaintop experience comes, hallelujah, you're more energized and ready to go because you've been through the valley, you've trusted him, you've learned lessons because there's lessons to be learned. I believe more so in the valleys. And then up into the mountaintop, you can praise God and worship. And that's what Paul is talking about here when he's pressing towards the mark. All these things are against, right? Come against us. But friends, we've got Christ. We've got the Lord. And as I say, let's have a look, right? If you turn with me to 2 Corinthians 11, I'll tell you how Paul was sold out for the Lord. Here's why. My goodness, would you hear this? And verse 23, please. So 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. 
and it says, Are there ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night, uh, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, and in, in journeyings often in, in pearls of the waters, uh, sorry, in per, pearls of water, and pearls of robbers, and pearls by mine own countrymen, and pearls by, by the heathen, and pearls in the city, and pearls in the wilderness, and pearls in the sea, and pearls among uh, false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in, in hunger and thirst and fastings, often in cold and nakedness, beside those things that, that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the cure of all the churches. My goodness, there's a man sold out for God. There's a man sold out. That is some list of stuff. Shipwrecked three times. I was shipwrecked once, so I wouldn't get back in a boat again. So I wouldn't tell you the truth, but shipwrecked three times. This man... One thing I see with Paul that I, I really, when, when I looked at this, I, I, I learned, I just want to be sold out for the Lord. Do you know that? I know about Jesus. I just want to be sold out for the Lord. When you read that, that is some list. That is some list. This man loved the Lord. And that's why he was able to tell us where in life we are pressing towards the mark. And I have to ask you the question, are you pressing towards the mark tonight? Or are you stuck? Because you see, if you stop, right, you're not, you're not, in, the, you're not in the race. Now, you're, I don't believe the Holy Spirit has left you or anything like that. I believe the same God that saved you will keep you. I believe that. I believe that now with all of my heart. The same God that, that saved you will keep you. Uh, but you're standing still. No, Paul doesn't say that. We are pressing, pressing on. We're, we're moving on. We're not, there's no stops. And that's why I was saying that the past sins, if you start getting all down on that there, you're going to stop, and you're, you're not in the race then. You, you know, you're not in the race. So, guys, it's about pressing towards the mark. It's towards pressing to God. What was the mark, by the way? Here's what I believe the mark was. Immortality. Immortality. The mark, I, I, I actually have heard some commentators say salvation. No. It definitely can't be salvation. If it's salvation, then it's works. Works comes into it, and listen, true salvation, if someone tells you outside salvation and works, it's another gospel. Jesus told us to beware of another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. And by goodness, this country we need to sit, is being sifted, and we need to check everything. You see that book there? See if it goes contrary to that book, have nothing to do with it. Have nothing to do with it. Uh, because that's what Christ's doing in these days. Look up another wee word, look up another wee scripture here now. Um, what do we see? Yes, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hebrews, the writer to Hebrews. Hebrews 12, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers, by the prophets. Sorry, I beg your pardon. There you are. I made a wee mistake there. I'm not the Pope. I'm not infallible. Uh, Hebrews 12, sorry. <laughs> right. 
Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witness, let us set aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Friends, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. We need to be going on with God. The past is the past. Christ has a future for you. If you're just recently saved, praise God for that there. It's a wonderful life. I, oh, I just thank God that he saved me when I was a wee boy. I just thank that he kept me. And do you know something? We're talking there about, about praying that wee one. I really pray that child. There's miracles going on in this house. There's miracles going on in this house. Twelve days ago, I was sitting with a pastor preparing my, my brother's funeral. Yesterday, I was sitting talking to him in the hospital. Amen, brothers. Amen. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And God is moving in this house. There are healings happening regular in this house because we have sought God. We have sought God with all of our hearts. And God, see, when you, when you touch God, God touches you. We honor God. God's word says, if you honor him, he will honor you. And I believe in this house, that's what's going on. God is moving and God is moving mightily. Because I look death in the face. I can tell you that, honestly. I look, I can see it up in my wake, and I, I, I look death in the face in my brother's eyes. And the next day when the tubes were took away, I saw life. I saw life. Praise God, I saw life. And from that to now, he's baffled everyone on. He's baffled everyone on. He's looking to get home now. Looking to get home. He's baffled every one of them, friends. Look, it's not over it. So if you see that man down there, Glenn, I phoned Glenn. This happened on the Saturday night, but I hope you don't mind me sharing this. Glenn, give me a spiritual thick ear. I phoned Glenn. I, I phoned Glenn. This happened on the, the Saturday night we found Dennis. And I phoned Glenn on the Tuesday night. He says, oh, it's terrible, Glenn. It's finished. It's over. It's done. It's finished. What's over? He says, what's over? He says, Ken McDonald, he says, do you think I've been driving around Porta Down praying for my prayers to hit the, 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 the roof of my car and just come straight back? Well done, Glenn. Glenn says, well, there's life, there's hope. And I clung to that. And I thought, McDonald, how could you be so stupid? Well, there's life, there's hope. And that brother really helped me there, so he did. And the pastor's been a great source of help to me too. Well, there's life, there's hope. Never give up, friends. Never give up. And I mean that. Hold fast to God. Stay. I mean, when things look so dark, and I seen him yesterday, and dear love me sitting up in the bed, you know, and it's, it's just wonderful to see. But as I said, God does do miracles, and he can do miracles. But you know, folks, we go through life, and we do have our trials. And First Peter, this is my last reading, First Peter 1 and 3. Please, First Peter 1 and 3. I'll actually give you an R reading, and I'll, I'll wind it up, because I don't want to keep too long. No, sorry. First, first Peter, sorry, first Peter four and twelve. Twelve. And Peter says here, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is uh, to try you. So though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Friends, let that, hold on to that promise, particularly in these days that we are living in. 
hold on to that promise because it's for Christ and Christ alone we live. We have got to witness as never before. We have got to, as I've said it, I always said in the pub, and I'll, start, I'll say it tonight, the world doesn't read Kyle MacDonald, the Bible, the world reads Kyle MacDonald. The world does not read the Bible, it reads Kyle MacDonald. And as you see in that verse there, things are getting tough. And it is getting tough. And guess what? It's going to get tougher. It's going to get tougher because judgment is coming. And it's beginning in the house of God. And already many have fallen away. Many have fallen away. Just like in Jesus' time. Jesus, I can't just remember where it is in the Gospels, but Jesus preached a strong message and a lot of them went away. And I can see him. You know, I, I try to picture this stuff in my, in my head. And he comes up and there's the 12. There's the 12, the crew. And he goes up to them and he says, I think it's lovely. He says, will you also go away? And Peter turns around. Peter like, Peter turns around and says, For where shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. That's what it's all about, friends. That's what it's all about. One last scripture, all right? Did I find it here? One last scripture. Now, did Paul finish the course? Right. 2 Timothy 4. And while you're looking that up, I get a drink and then I look it up. Second Timothy 4 and chapter 4 and verse 7. Now. Oh wait, hold on. See these notes from these eyes on Right, here we go. Now, did he get there? Did he get there? Oh, I love this. I listen to this. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Past. I have kept the faith. Past. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Friends, he made it. And you can make it too. And you can get the crown of righteousness that Paul got. Press on the, And things are tough. Get on with it. Look into God. Look to Christ. Spend more time in the closet if you need to do it. If you're getting it tough, that's where you're going to find the answers. You're not going to find them on the television screen or anything like that there. You're not going to find anything like that. But you're going to find them in the closet, friends. And as these days get tougher, oh, cling more to your word like never before. I beg you to do that because things really, really, I'm telling you guys, I love Bible prophecies. I bought my first book when I was 14 and a half years of age in Portadown Town Hall. FWC Nasser, the book of Revelation, and I still have it in my study. And it was two pounds, I was two fifty, and I'd only two pounds, a friend gave me 50p. And you know, so I love prophecy, but do you know something? Things are moving at an alarming rate. Things are really speeding up. It's gonna happen very soon, guys. You know, we saying that I'm gonna see I'm gonna see Israel march, and see when it comes when I gonna see that Babylon fall. Oh, I could raise the roof by that one there, because that system, that evil, corrupt system enthroned in with the Church of Rome and all the trappings that it has and the elite and all the rest of it, the whole lot. Christ is going to come back. As, uh, as, 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 as actually, I'm going to quote James McCollin on this one. He says, We're, they're looking for a new world order. Christ's coming back and he's going to set up a new world order. And that new world order, he's going to rule and he's going to reign it from Jerusalem. And look, it'll be wonderful. Christ is coming soon. So run the race. 
Press towards the mark and look up, friends, look up. Even when you're, at, when you're down in those sailors out rotten valleys, trust them all the more. Learn from the valleys and then enjoy them when, when you're up on the, on, the, on the mountaintop. Amen, folks. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Bless the Lord. That was a good word, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed that, Kyle. Thank you. Um, F.W.C. Nesser, um, I have nearly all his books, and he was South African. And I had the privilege about 10 years ago, went to take a conference in Tulsa, and his understudy, he had died, just died, and his understudy was there, and I got spent the whole conference with the man who now took over from F.W.C. Nesser, and a lot of good stuff there. Kyle mentioned one or two things there, and I thought, I wonder should I teach that sometime? You mentioned, you mentioned salvation and then you mentioned um, immortality. What's the difference, you know? So there is a teaching on a difference, and one is to do with reward, and one is to do with loss. And believe it or not, this Sunday morning, I haven't written it yet, but I told Alison I'm going to speak on the judgment seat of Christ. So I might bring some of it out, I don't know, you know. So people are going to have loss and reward. Believers, believers are going to have loss and reward. You will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, and so will I. And even what we teach you, I will become heavier under that scrutiny because of that as well. And I'm always very, very conscious of that, that I'll become under that scrutiny. Now, you will not lose your salvation it is not the great white throne judgment. But you'll not lose your salvation. It's for loss and reward in the kingdom. You know, so does it tell you that in the Bible? Absolutely. Tell you what, I'm going to write it tomorrow morning. Um, and if I can't sleep tonight, I'll just get up during the night and start writing it tonight. But that's where we're going to look at, God willing, on Sunday morning. I had it in my head. Someone said it to me. And strange, you know, I was at a funeral today in Martyrs Memorial down in Belfast. And one of the MLAs had come from Hollywood. Gordon Dunn had come down from Hollywood every Sunday night to the drive-in. Well-saved man. Came down every Sunday night to the drive-in. He took Gill in March and he's dead already. And that's him buried today. And there was a funeral service there. And when we were singing a lot of things, we, all this stuff was going through my head. I wonder what reward he'll get. You know, all this is going through my head. He's saved, but what re reward will he get? So I'll look at that in the Lord's will on Sunday morning. One we sing, pressing toward the mark. So see if you go into the text, the original text of pressing toward the mark, it gives the idea of a runner. And it gives the idea of the hand outstripping the foot. And what it means is, you ever see a runner and he's running as hard as he can? And his hand actually is moving, starting to move faster than his feet. He's trying his hardest. The hand outstrips the foot. And he can hear the thuds of the runners behind him. But his goal is, i got to breast the tape. No matter what, I've got to breast the tape. Good word, Kai. Thank you. Lord bless you. We're blessed in here with all these men over the weeks who have been able to bring the word of God, aren't we? We're really blessed by that. Um, team, come on up. We'll, we'll sing for a wee while. Um, we'll see what way we'll go here. What time's that? Half eight, is that?
Oh, we're all right. We're already enough, yeah. We're okay. So we've been praying for, as long as with others as well, but we've been praying much for a wee girl who was going into hospital, remember, for the heart operation. And it ended up there. The reason we weren't telling, I'd said it, but hadn't mentioned the name, was because I was asked not to, because the 